this is Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive in Life and Business. I'm your host, Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian. For you regular listeners, I know you're going to say, I know, I know, it's your birthday month. (laughs) That's okay, as long as everybody knows. And I have gifts for you. We have the women of Rise and Thrive Season 4 who are here to talk about thriving. And they're also, at the end of each of these interviews, we're going to share the talk that they gave on stage at the Vogue Theater at our fourth annual Stand Tall in Your Story event celebrating International Women's Day. You can go to the link in the show notes and watch the videos of the talks. These women are just badass. It's amazing. I want you to watch them too. Because when you share the video with others on your social or on email or however you share in these days, it will spark such great conversation for y'all. So I encourage you to do that. Today on the show, we have Courtney Bills, who's the CEO of Tactive. And I want you to stay through the interview so you hear her talk about standing up for yourself and why that's so important. And you know, I got to tell you that the information about a thousand thriving women is in the show notes. And I'm telling you, to get these Thrive tools and the coaching that these women have received for little money, high value, over a full year, six months, we're going to talk about personal thriving, then three months career and leadership. And then in the final three months, I'm going to teach you how to build your own badass women's council in your local community. I'm going to give you all the tools. I'm going to give you everything you need. Y'all, it's good stuff. Go check it out. Here we go. So, You've been in your seven-month setup to thriving called Rise and Thrive Experience. Just in general, before we dig into some of the details, how are you feeling about it? Just general overall sense. I feel energized, excited, validated, uh, and supported. Supported. I thoroughly enjoyed this experience since we started coaching before I joined Rise and Thrive. And I mean, the minute that we met, you know, I told you, I was like, my gosh, I need to talk to her again. I think she sees and feels everything that I'm going through and can help me be the best person that I can be. And then once this program came available, immediately it was like, yes, yes. I want whatever train you're you're driving. I'm coming along, Rebecca. (laughs) I love that. I do remember our very first call. It was even before you had said yes to coaching. You were introduced to me and we just had our get to know you call. And we we dug in immediately. I mean, we I was all up in your business even before we had contracts signed. <laughs> and I the same. I was like, oh, I want to work with her. Like it just felt right. And I think that illustrates what we teach is that you'll know when a connection is right for you. Like you'll just have this sense. And I sure had that with you. And you're right. We were just getting started with coaching and I was immediately thinking about you for the following year's Rise and Thrive because we had already started. We already had that year's group. And in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, she already in it. And then I <laughs> eventually like said something to you like, oh yeah, I already have you penciled in. You're like, okay. Great. I'll be there. Sign me up. Oh, um, I love that. I love that. Yes. And one of the reasons I was so confident about this being a great experience for you is because of where you are in your career. You're in an organization where you're now the CEO, but you started out in the organization in a different role and have worked your way up 
And that often creates just unique challenges of I used to be like doing the work and now I need to lead the work and I need people outside of the work that I can have real conversations with because that whole lonely at the top thing is real. It's not just an Instagram post. (laughs) So I just, I immediately just had that sense of, oh yeah, she is like the perfect fit for this experience. But just for context, tell our listeners a little bit about your organization and what y'all do. I am the CEO at Tactive and we are a tactile marketing company here in Indianapolis. Started as a commercial printer and then added a few divisions, promotional products, corporate online stores, uh, warehousing and fulfillment. And then these amazing 3DDM as we call them, these kits, these marketing kits that go out and they're in custom boxes and they're all colorful. And it's called tactile because it's something you can touch, you can feel. So there's these amazing creative agencies all over the U.S. that have the minds behind um, great marketing strategies. And then once they're done with it, somebody has to make it. And so that's what we do. We engineer the output of whatever these creative minds have come up with. I love this concept of just calling it out that in a digital world, we will never tire of having just things that we can touch and feel in that represent real humanity, not the screen. You said it. It's real. People want something real behind the digital. So they can see it on screen. And the minute that they can touch it, that organization and the quality that goes into whatever they're touching from that organization automatically becomes real. I love that when I see somebody in one of my merch shirts for my business, like it, it it lights my heart on fire. It's like, oh my gosh, there's my brand, like walking around on a person. And I just now thought of this a few months ago in one of our monthly sessions, I printed out, actually you all printed out copies of our Thrive Tools, like printed copies of our Thrive Tools which in the past I had often just distributed digitally because it was easier or convenient or whatever. And then I just feel like I wanted, I would always print them out because I wanted to have them on my desk and write on them. And so I printed them out for you all. And immediately Maggie said, I'm so glad you printed them. Like, I think we just all are craving like that aspect of business again. Well, so. and like we said, it's bringing brands, concepts, whatever that is through our, our tagline is bringing it to real life. So we took your digital version and we made something real and tangible out of it that people could connect with, they could touch, they could feel, and they could, you know, go back to express themselves through their own writing and add their own touches to, and really bring the gap of those two, your digital thoughts and the reality of whatever it is that that messages that you're trying to share together. And your business has grown and evolved as you described, which also creates its own set of challenges and opportunities. And we've been able to work on the business side of that and coaching and through Rise and Thrive. But I'd love for you today to tell a little bit about your experience with Rise and Thrive, because it is very much a personal experience. Everybody has their own thing that comes from it. It's not like this plug and play timed outline. Everybody gets the same thing. So when you reflect on the experience to this point, what are some of the things that stand out for you as either things that surprised you or just tangible takeaways that you weren't expecting? Um, So there's a couple of things 
One of them is the feeling of confidence and support and validation behind some of the feelings that I was having and getting with another group of individuals. And in our case, it was women and they were all working moms that were juggling some of the very same homework, not issues, but um, the juggling between the two that were difficult and the personal relationships and going from, like you said, working next to someone to then being leading them and getting yourself out of the weeds of the daily work that you're doing all the time that you can check off a list to then also in charge of leading something that's your, I mean, not going to see an outcome to for six months. You go through a lot of emotions when you can't check that list off as fast as you used to. And then you have to go home and you're a wife and you're a mother and you've got a whole nother set of responsibilities that, that you're leading someone's life. I mean, you're leading a company on during the day and you're leading people's lives <laughs> at night. And there's inner struggles that, that come with that while it's extremely exciting and fulfilling to do, it takes a toll and it takes a toll on you and to hear other women and other leaders that feel the same way. And for you to know, okay, this is real. I'm not crazy. I'm not failing. I'm not failing at this. There's other people that are going through the same thing. They look like they've got all their stuff together too. And then when you peel back the layers, we are all just humans trying to do the best that we possibly can and interacting on, on some of those points and the validation that, okay, you are good at what you do. You're not going to do some, you're not going to do things right all the time or what you feel is right all the time, but you're giving it 110% and other people that are in that same boat and the imposter syndrome, you know, that we talk about, it's real, it's real. So the validation behind it alone and seeing other the connection between the women and the group and our businesses. We found out our businesses work together and, <laughs> and half of us didn't even realize it. You know, I was like, that's you. I didn't know that was you. So that was really cool. It's a small world, but to actually meet the faces behind that and see that they are just like you. is Super cool. Super cool. I just wrote down for my marketing next year. I need to write you're not crazy and you're not failing. Let us validate those feelings. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the reality of it. You go home at night sometimes after a long day at work and you said faced with whatever's waiting for you at home to serve there too. And sometimes you just don't have enough emotional bandwidth to handle it all. And, and the space each month is really meant to recharge you. Like what you're busy out serving everybody all the time. It's, you know, monthly, you can just charge your battery back up, get validated, get your emotional fill. And sometimes there are tears, there's laughter, there's, you know, self-deprecating, making fun of how crazy it all is, but it's, there's nothing that's not safe there. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And to have somebody sitting straight across from you and to be able to say, girl, I have been there. This is how I did it. This is how I got through. Have you tried this? You feel immediately like you're not alone and that there's a way out of whatever you feel at that time is the biggest hurdle personally or professionally. Someone else can step in there and say, I'm with you. I'm in the, I'm in the same lane. Here's what I went through. And then here's how I got through it. And have you thought about trying this? And that goes with everything. Like I said, from personal all the way through professional, because it is a service. You said the word 
when people say, oh, you're the CEO, that's great. You know, congratulations. I don't think what people understand is it's a service role. The best CEOs are serving their employees. They're leading and serving. And most days, especially in the size company that you lead, where it's all hands on deck too, right? So, you know, if you were thinking about it through the lens of like a restaurant, you are, you take the order, you cook the order, you serve the order, you clean the kitchen. Sometimes it's very all hands on deck and you are a very hands on leader. In fact, that's some of the things that we've worked on in coaching is it's hard not to be even as the CEO, sometimes you do have to raise up into strategy and vision and looking out and you have such a servant heart that you want to just jump in and like run machines and help people pack orders and like, what do we need to do? Because you, your heart is, let's make this the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. The other part of the monthly sessions that I think are so valuable, but hard to articulate to people is that you know you have a space every single month to just think, to just have reflection, to have space. And I get the the benefit of seeing everybody and feeling the energy when they get in the room, which sometimes is coming off of a tough meeting, or sometimes there's phone calls that are happening in the parking lot. We've had people walk in in tears. Like there's always something that's happened that morning. And by the time you get there at one o'clock in the afternoon, I can feel the energy when you come in and then I can feel the energy when you leave. And that's some of my favorite, like those are the things that feel like my performance evaluation is if I can feel that shift start to happen and people start to lean into that space, then know that we're, we're doing good stuff. Yeah. And it's because you can be yourself. And as you get the first meeting with the other people in the room, you're reserved, right? Like you're saying that you're putting your best foot forward and all, but you still got that mask on by, you know, the second, third, those layers are peeling. And then by the end you're walking in and you can tell them just about anything. And you know, you're not going to be judged and they will straight tell you to your face. You're doing that wrong. I don't recommend that. You're going to lose employees if you do that, or, Hey, you're doing that. Great. Keep going. I wish I could do that. And, And that's where the work's done. That's where the work's done. And that's what's exciting to me about this community continuing to grow is you'll not only have the people from your season, but now you'll have the previous seasons and all the seasons that come after that are very, very tight knit. And I want to hear your experience because you and I are very similar in this way. I had never been a girly girl. I, you know, I was raised with all all boys. I was raised on a small farm. I went squirrel hunting instead of going to church. I never dressed up like other than being a cheerleader in school and having, you know, some girlfriends. If you would have said to me in my younger years, oh, you're going to lead a business that specializes in women. I'd be like, no, I'm not. God has a sense of humor and puts you where he needs you. So I'm thrilled and I will change it for the world, but I didn't see it coming. And we've talked about that. And so you said, you know, we were reserved when you first met. So having not been that person that typically did like women's things, what were your expectations? You said, yes, I think mostly because you trusted me and knew I wasn't going to set you up for failure, but what were you expecting? I was expecting to walk into a room with a bunch of high level women that had all their shit together and that knew 
that were running the biggest companies in town. And I was just a little fish in their sea trying to gain as much knowledge as I could. And I, they all had perfect hair and perfect outfits. And, <laughs> and they had it all together. Really, that's what I thought. Because I think people put certain, a woman in business or that gets to a certain level and I do it too, you put them up on this unfair pedestal to where you think that this must be how it is. And in actuality, these women all are beautiful in their own way and they all have great hair in their own way. <laughs> and, you know, they're just like me. They're just like me. And it's okay to be a leader in an organization and be a, just a regular human being. The very first thing we talk about is uncertainty. So your brain can't help but make up a story. Before you get there, you're, you're making up the story of what you think it's going to be like. And I still do that. Nobody gets a pass on uncertainty. You don't get to say, oh, I learned about that, so I'm not going to experience it any, anymore. That's not a thing. Even to this day, and I teach this every single day of my life, if I need to walk into a room, especially one with all women, like a networking thing, or even if I'm going in to do a keynote or something, there's this uncertainty that I hope this place is going to be safe for me. I hope that I fit in or belong. All of it. Still today, after all these years, there's that moment before you walk in the door where you just kind of take a deep breath and you just have to leap in there because the only way to get more comfortable is to get your ass in the door. <laughs> right. It's true. And, and, you know, if you want to talk really personal, when I was in college, I, I joined a sorority and I knew going into it that I was going to feel intimidated and that there was going to be a reputation that I needed to live up to. And I still joined it anyways. And I lost myself trying to live up to something that I thought was expected out of me. I lost myself physically, mentally, and leading in, that's when I ended up on the path that put me right into falling in love with my backup school. But it was because I walked into an organization that was all women, and I thought I had to change who I was, and I started to change who I was, and it was in an unhealthy manner. And so to come into this organization, and okay, I'm coming into another room with a bunch of women, and they're all going to be what I thought I was walking into when I was 18 and it's not the case. They are just like me. They're moms, they're working. They don't know all the answers, but they're giving it their absolute best to serve the people that they're leading and doing it to their best of their ability. And they know they don't have all the answers, which is why they're in the room with you. And they're looking to someone like you, Rebecca, to help us guide ourselves down this path of betterment. So yeah, it was scary to have gone through something that put me on a totally different path when I was younger to then enter into it again at 40 something and <laughs> not have some of those flashbacks as to what had happened in the past. And like I said, it, this has been the best experience for me professionally. I had never thought about that the juxtaposition of those two experiences. I knew your experience from college. We've talked, we've talked about that. But I, I'd never put those two things together. That's one of the things I love about doing this podcast now with each of you is every single time I've gotten on with someone else, there's been something that's I hadn't we hadn't talked about yet that has surprised me. And that's such a beautiful just healing 
opportunity. I hadn't thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. It's really neat to have gone through the experience and then to be able to reflect back on those days when I was younger and to see it wasn't at that point in time, it wasn't the sorority. It wasn't the school. It was me and how far I've come since then to be able to have walked into another situation that's full of high achieving women and thinking there's some expectations that I need to live up to and to say, whoa, wait a minute. No, that's not how this goes. That you're, It's not 18 year old immature you anymore. You're past that. You're bigger than that. You're standing tall in your story, which you mentioned your backups school. And that's the story that people are going to hear after our interview today. But I wanted everybody to get some context on how these stories came to be. And what you just said points directly to the very first stage of burnout in the research is this insatiable need to prove ourselves. And that's what was happening to you at 18. And now you were able to flip the script on that. And that's significant for anybody that has danced with burnout or gone full in like I did, like to be able to stop and say, no, that's not where I'm at now and and make the decision for it not to be that is so important because you're probably going to have challenges again in the future somewhere that's going to try to pull you in to prove yourself or do something differently. But lead back though, the beginning of what I had said was when seven months ago, I was having those feelings when we first started, it doesn't go away. But going through the experience of Rise and Thrive, I learned about myself and I learned about leadership and I learned about women in a way that I hadn't experienced before. And so the outcome is, thanks to you and the other Thrive Guides, this is the result. It's not somebody that has to change their story. It's somebody that can stand tall in their story and they can make friends and they can be proud of the position that they're in and the family that they're in and the path that they took. And they can relate to the people sitting at the table with them every single month in some way, shape or form. Yeah. You said several times the validation. And I want to dig into that a little bit more because that's what makes this experience personal, emotional, which, you know, the human needs that we have personal, emotional and social is you get to discover you. I'm just going to hold up the mirror and help you see you. And so the validation, like, can you share some examples of either journaling times or reflection times or anything in particular that comes to mind that helped with that? There were some hard decisions that had to be made in the workplace. And I am a very emotional when it comes to the employees that are here. And when some of those hard decisions have to be made and One of the things that I had learned through, and I'm not a journaler, I was never a journaler, okay? (laughs) But one of the things we were taught was write out everything you're feeling in in this time. I know it's hard and I know it hurts. You need to write all of that down so you can get it out. And so when you get to this point again, because you will sometime in your life where this situation will happen again, you can look back at how you felt through it, how you handled it and what that outcome was. And that was a really helpful for me, almost like a stress reliever just to like, just get it all out. And then to be able to reference that back, because you're right, it's going to happen again. And it's going to be hard again. And to have something to go back and look at and say, yeah, it was really hard then, but look, I got through it. And this is where I'm at in the journey of my journaling of where I was 
how I'm feeling right now with the scared and hurt of that decision or whatever that is that has to be made. There I was back then too. And I got through it. And so you got some more emotions still to go. There's still <laughs> there's still five more pages of writing of emotions that you're going to go through, but you will get through it. And that was very helpful. And that's the point is to shift it. We call ourselves Thrive Guides, myself, Alex Perry, Eliza Kingsford, and Alyssa Teal. But our entire role is to help you trust you because we all have our own inner Thrive Guide, that inner voice that says, is this right? Is this, am I going to fit in? What's happening? And all we do is help you trust that voice that you have for yourself and journaling and writing things down to have something, again, going back to something tactical and yeah. <laughs> to go back and read and say, that's me. That's me. That's my words. That's my handwriting. That's my ink, my notebook. That was my experience. Yep. And so I can trust me to get through whatever I've got coming next, whatever the next best decision is that you need to make. Yeah. I love that. And another validation was when the owners had come to me and asked if there'd never been a CEO before. And they said, um, how do you feel about taking on this role? And I said, okay, because that's just how I am. Jump in. Okay. Now what? Now what do I do? And the first thing that they said is you're going to need a support group and you're going to need to have somebody that is outside of this organization that you can ask questions to, that you can bounce ideas off of, and that can help you navigate your way through this. Because they said, we're founders. We've never had a CEO before. We don't know what a CEO does. We know that to scale our business up, we need to put some things in place. And we feel that you're the right person to lead the direction that we're going and then the scalability and the long-term growth of this company. And they saw something in me before I even knew that that was there. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I knew it was there. It's something I always wanted, but wow, as we get older, nobody comes up to you as you're older and says, way to go. Good job. Like, I think you should go on to the next level of this. Like when you're a younger child, you're continually validated in your schoolwork and your sports and your grades and all of that. And so to have two individuals come to me and say, hey, we've built this company for 20 years. We want it to go on for another 20 years. And we think you're the person to lead it. That's exciting and scary. So then they say, make sure you have a good support group. And that's where we then were introduced to, to you, Rebecca. And then I had all these feelings inside as to what I thought a good leader would be and how I thought things should be ran and to have a, have yourself and another group of women that are to come to them and say, this is how I handled it. Was this right? And them to validate. Yes, that's exactly what I would have done. That's exactly. Yes. I know you're thinking it because I hadn't experienced a CEO role before. There's a lot of gut instinct that you're going on. And that's based on your foundation of maybe how you were raised or your background or your experiences and to get into a group with some other people that are in the same spot and to say, yep, that's how I did it. That validates like, I'm doing something right here. Like, yes, the numbers are going in the right direction, but the employees are happy. And I have a, a group of people that I can talk to that can yay, yay or nay me <laughs> when that time comes. I want to just affirm how wonderful it is that your founders recognize that having 
a support was going to be a necessary part of the journey. Not all leaders are that great. In fact, you know, we've had other participants who were not as supported and I need to send them a thank you for just being the great humans that they are to understand that human need that we have, no matter what position that we're in, especially when we're in a senior leadership position. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, I think sometimes there's gender barriers that sometimes pop up and these two individuals, I'm just a person, I'm a person to them. It it doesn't matter. I'm a leader for them and they're male and I'm female and it doesn't, that doesn't matter. And they have supported me wholeheartedly 110% since the minute I walked in this door and for that, I'm extremely thankful and mm, and humbled stuff. by. Yeah. Yeah. We need them. We need more of them. That's yes. That's <laughs> yep. super good stuff. So our listeners are going to hear your story that you told on the stage on March 8th for International Women's Day. What kind of context or setup do you want to share about the story, either in your experience in deciding what the story was going to be or just what context do you think would be interesting for them to hear before they hear the story? Yeah. So at the beginning of our Rise and Thrive journey, Rebecca tells us that we have to tell our story on stage. And for six months, I was putting off what that story was. I didn't have a story. I don't have a story. And there's even a part where we're asked to write down 20 different topics that mean something to us that maybe have happened in our lives. And I'm writing all these things out and I'm, I still don't have a story. No one's going to want to hear what I have to say. I don't have a story. I don't have a story. And you did write what? down 20 different story options and still didn't feel like you had a story. <laughs> no, I didn't. And then all of a sudden it just, two of those things merged together, two of those ideas. And, and I took a time in my life that was very difficult for me that I had no idea was going to be what was the turning point to set me up in my career to where it is today. And at the beginning, there were things in that story I didn't, I wasn't comfortable talking about. I didn't want people to know about. I was embarrassed about. But through this journey, I realized that's me. That is my story. And there's other people out there that have been in my shoes. And I always thought I was the only one. And I went on to a podcast prior to my speech and was asked about my story, but just the background that I had growing up in in high school, college and sports and all the things. And when it got to that part of my life, the person that I was speaking with at Element 3, he dug in. He dug into that personal part and kept asking questions and kept asking questions. And after that podcast was over, I said, people do want to hear my story. People can relate. People have had these experiences. And when I walked off stage, there was somebody out in the audience with tears filled in their eyes. And I went through the same thing. And oh my gosh, you know, that that's something that you told us would happen. And there's that validation again. You and I both share a strong faith, and I think it's worthy of mentioning, you know, we talked about uncertainty and being a human experience. The dark side of uncertainty is when we allow it to be fear, and fear is the weapon that darkness uses to create pain and isolation. And that's when we go through things 
especially at a an age when you're already in a state of maturation that you're questioning everything about who you are and who you need to be and all of those things that it's easy to think that you're the only one and then you don't want anybody to know about it. So then you don't talk about it. So then you just create this wall of isolation that keeps you from being the absolute best that you can be because you don't want anybody to know how much you're hurting or how afraid you are. And the fact that your story, that pain and that isolation and that fear became a part of the transformation is just so beautiful. It says in the Bible, he'll use it all together for your good. And in in the time that you're going through this stuff, it's hard to see how that could ever be for good. But I love that the story that people are going to hear from you from the stage was now no fear. You're ready to stand up for yourself and you've learned that and it's, it's time. People need our stories. They do. They do. What's the one takeaway from your story that you will continue to kind of keep in your pocket? At the end of the story, you're going to hear me say, um, you're not where you are in your career because you got lucky. You're there because you earned it. And that's my takeaway. And then I know I said, I'm here because I earned it. And it's a long time coming and it's okay to be proud of yourself and to be proud of your company and to be proud of the school that you went to and all the darkness you might've gone through before you got to that school, but you earned it. You earned where you are and it's okay to be proud of that and stand up for yourself and share your experiences with others because you might show them a side to something that they never dreamed possible. That was the entire intent of this event being the uh, encapsulating the whole experience. I wrote in my journal one day, if we stand tall in our stories, I'd been writing a lot about story and I knew that was a part of the book and I knew that was a big deal. And I wrote, if we stand tall in our stories, we'll give confidence and courage to others to do the same. And it's that ripple effect that I care so much about because we want to have impact in our lives and standing on that stage and telling stories every single year, there is somebody in that audience and sometimes more than one that needed to hear what you said. And if you're listening someone and think, oh, maybe that's, maybe season five is for me, then come join us because we'll start signing people up in June to start in September. So there's your call out. Do it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to hear Courtney's story from International Women's Day. Here we go. How many of you have planned for a moment in your life or a series of events only to have it completely disrupted by reality? I had a high school coach that used to say to me, Courtney, you can plan all you want, put everything in a perfect row, but then life happens. It can all change in an instant. Well, I had it all planned out. After high school, I moved from Northwest Indiana down to Indianapolis to go to Butler University. Yes. I was scared. Also excited and looking forward to spreading my wings and being away from home for the first time. First year, fantastic. Education was top notch. Joined a sorority 
made some friends, no complaints whatsoever. Going into my sophomore year, though, I had some troubles. And unfortunately, my, my physical body was not able to keep up with some undealt with emotions that I had experienced previously. And I knew that I needed to, to make a change. Let me tell you, there were three things that could get my butt moved back to Crown Point once I left for college. One, if I got a tattoo. <laughs> Two, if I found myself pregnant. And three was if I dropped out of school. So not knowing what to do, imagine you're standing there. I did the only thing a broke 19-year-old could do at that time. I called my parents. And I said, Mom and Dad, please, can you come down to Indianapolis and meet with me? I've got some news. Yeah, just the thing they want to hear from their 19-year-old daughter. Now, I remember it very well. We went for lunch, and I went ahead and I shared my news. I did not feel that the position that I was in at that school was good for me, and I needed to make a change, and school wasn't going to be an option. I'm pretty sure my dad had about five Jamesons and 10 smoke breaks, all while my mom got herself a big glass of wine so that she could do something that she did really well, which was mediate between me and my father. <laughs> she didn't disappoint. We found our middle ground. And my parents are extremely supportive, and they said, we will help you. We will help you get the help that you need. But if you want to stay in Indianapolis, you will not be dropping out of school. We don't care where you go, you don't have to go back to Butler, but you gotta keep riding that train and you gotta keep moving forward with your education. Okay, middle ground, that's cool. Help, check, good. So I didn't know what I was gonna do. I did have plans, maybe I'm gonna go to DePauw, you know, maybe I'm gonna go, I don't even know, anywhere but where I currently was at that point in time, but I needed to sign up for classes to stay in school. And I did that at what I was calling at that time my backup college. That was IUPUI. That's when what my coach told me was gonna happen happened. Life. What was supposed to be my temporary plan ended up being my actual plan and I fell in love with that university. I love the diversity. I love the adult interaction in the classroom that mixed immature 20-year-olds at that point, like myself, with more mature people that had careers and families and a whole different viewpoint that I could have imagined. I love my teachers. I met amazing new friends. And the education that the IU Kelly School of Business right here in Indianapolis gave me set me up perfectly to be successful as I can in my career. All right, let's fast forward to 2022. I'm with some friends and we are out on a back deck having a wine night under those like really cool patio like Paris lights that are strung that are so popular right now. And there's a woman there that I didn't know. She was new to our group, but she was lovely. She fit right in. She was smart. She was successful. And she actually worked for IU in the SPIA business department, but out of the Bloomington campus. 
She knew nothing about my backstory, so we'll just start with that. During one of our topics of conversation, she mentioned some things that were a little different viewpoints about the Indianapolis campus that I just told you pretty much saved my life and I loved. The words subpar, leftover professors and resources were mentioned. Yeah, that didn't go so well. Well, everybody though, they, you're entitled to your own opinion. Everyone has different experiences, right? So I sat there and I listened and I asked her questions and those questions provoked answers and the answers completely and utterly pissed me off. So <laughs> I tried, guys, I tried. My blood pressure was raising, my, my heart was pounding, my chest was tightening and I was pretty much wanting to scream from the inside out. Took my glass of wine, threw my shoulders back, took a big drink, just so I could steady myself and say absolutely nothing. Nothing, I didn't say a thing. How could I, that would have been rude. I was a guest at someone's house. Raise of hands, how many of you have been in that situation? You bit your tongue, you said nothing, for whatever reason that might have be. Maybe you were a guest, and that would be rude. Maybe Uncle Joe is at Thanksgiving and he's out on one of those tangents again, and you're like, I just don't want to mess with the peace on this one. Maybe you've got a coworker or a friend, and they have taken credit for your work, and they've done it right in front of your boss. Don't want to be that person. Maybe someone you love and respect and look up to discredits your recent promotion. Your stomach sinks and you just don't have the words. Whatever your reason might be, you deserve to be heard. And that's what I'm here to tell you tonight. Explain to people where you came from. What is your story? What is your background? So you can give them a completely different perspective that they never might have ever imagined possible. Tell them the reason that you got that promotion was because of the time, hard work, and dedication that someone saw in you for putting yourselves in a selfless position for your organization, all to make the most success you possibly could. You're passionate. You're passionate about your job, your family, your career, and that passion shows. None of you are where you are tonight because you got lucky. You're all there because you earned it. I'm here on this stage because I earned it. Yes. This is my story. And I am so thankful for that beloved backup school, all those leftover professors and the resources that gave me their time, their knowledge, their tools, and the skills that I needed to take me on a journey that puts me standing tall in my story right here on this stage in front of all you fine people, a very proud wife, mother, daughter, Jaguar, sure, and the CEO of the best, I'm telling you guys, the best tactile marketing agency of our kind.
Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And then go to wethrive.live. First thing you'll see is a place to drop your email and join the movement. I'll send you tools that you can use to thrive in life and business. I'm not coming down. Hey, y'all. Fun fact. If you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian. And I would love it if you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music. My personal favorite is TV Land.